Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, welcome to Horse Hour. I'm Amy Frost, and my guest today is renowned horseman Jason Webb. He's founder of yourhorsemanship.com, which is an online horse training provider, giving you the confidence and skills to train with your horse at home. From pre-training, foundation training, re-education and challenges, Jason knows how to start horses. This is Horse Hour. So how are you? I'm well. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's been a long day, but, um, you know, all good. (laughs) Why a long day? What have you been up to? I've been spending hours trying to organise meals and get get sort of gifts for my wife and all this sort of thing. <laughs> oh, what, for Valentine's Day? <laughs> going, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, the fact that we're both doing an interview on Valentine's Day isn't much hope for either of our partners, really, is no, it? <laughs> it doesn't say much about our romantic side, does it? Absolutely. So have you been riding today? Always. Mm-hmm. What kind of thing have you done? Uh, I don't know. It's probably I've seen... Three or four clients, ridden about eight horses and two lessons. See, that I don't get, Jason, because you've got eight horses to ride. There's only so many hours of daylight. How do you manage mm-hmm. to squeeze in eight hours plus eat and, you know, see the kids, see the family, speak to, you know, do all the, the business side that you have to do? Literally, how do you get it all in? Well, I've got a lot of good people around me, Amy. That's what makes it all the difference. <laughs> oh, it helps, doesn't it? It really does. No, I mean the the of the eight horses, I'm seeing four. I had four clients. So when I say when I say clients, they were horse owners. So I was riding the horses and seeing them at the same time. So it's not like it's. But then I had to do another couple of outside lessons as well. So. Oh, so that's nice. So that the owners are there then while you're while you're training their horses. Exactly. Every week I get them in to sort of. Uh, see progress and we have a chat and make sure we're on the same wavelength and yeah just make sure they're happy with what's what's going on amazing so is it their choices then as owners is it their choice of where they want their horse to go to or how they want them to progress or is it more you telling them how your horse is their horse is doing where it should be because we all you know it's like having children is it we think they're much better than they actually are and we need a good teacher to say, be realistic. <laughs> yeah, I, I do lead them. And it's generally fairly obvious if I've got horses that have problems, well, they've brought them to me because they have problems. So they're, they're led by me. 
And, you know, I, all I want to do is equip them with the tools they need to um, progress with their horse if it's got a problem. But obviously they, they're not going to be able to, to progress unless they um, get some confidence first. So they watch me ride, see that their horse is actually okay, and then we get them on board and, and carry on that way. Mm. And for youngsters, it's just every week is different because they, they move along quite quickly. Mm. Well, um, we haven't even introduced you properly yet. Um, so I feel that we should introduce you. It is the wonderful Jason Webb. And Jason, we have this conversation about once a year. I love the fact that you come back onto the podcast every year. We have a little catch up as to what you've been up to, where you're going and um, and how things have changed. So in 2018 then, what were the best parts of that for you? 2018 what? Now you're testing me. Um, <laughs> Can you remember? To be fair, I can't even remember what I did last week. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so it's all, it's all sort of 2018. It's sort of it's all sort of starting to culminate now. So, uh, I was selected in the uh, UK Polocross team, which is great. Oh, amazing. And that's happening in April. So I've got a couple of months heading out to Australia, and um, yeah, and it's, it's a bit bizarre. I'll be I'll be. And guess my brother-in-law out there in East Australia. So that, that, that was a big so, thing in 2015. So that that's polo cross. What what's the difference between polo cross? Is that the one where you have? Is that like lacrosse on horseback? Exactly. The name gives it away. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So um, your brother still lives in Australia. When when are you going to go over there? My my brother-in-law. Yeah. Okay. In, in April, there's a, a World Cup on. There's there's a few African teams: Australia, New Zealand. America and Ireland are all going to be out there. And, uh, yeah, South Africa are the world champs. And they're, they're what we've got our eyes on, really. So are you are you representing Great Britain or are you representing Australia? I am representing Great Britain. Thank actually... goodness, because, you you know, you've got Australian through and through. So you've kind of crossed over now, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, I have, I have. I mean, I've, I've been, you know, we were, we were working out a while ago. I've, I've nearly been in in England as long as I have been in in Australia. I was I was sort of twenty one when I came over here, so that's that's nearly that's giving my age away a bit. <laughs> are, the, are the family going to go over to Australia to watch you play as well? Uh, yeah, yeah, they oh, are. Nice. So that would be great to have them them there to support us. Yeah, and and do you take your own horses, or have you got horses out there? No, they. What happens in the World Cups, in the Polycross World Cups, is they um, they get horses from around the country. So in this case, in Australia, and they they pull the horses into what they see as evenish pools, and then we draw a pool of horses out of the hat. So it's quite a test of of um, of your riding and and your, your horsemanship because you've got to get on a strange horse. You've got a week to sort of get to know the horse or horses. Mm. and um, then you've got to go and play in an international competition. So, And, you know, the horses are all trained so differently and they're trained by different techniques and different people. Um, at least the yeah. good news is your brother-in-law doesn't get anything to say about it, so it's not like he can make sure you have a dud horse. <laughs> no. No, and he, he's not allowed to ride his horse either. So they've, they've made a rule that, you know, if you put your horse into the, into the pool, then to keep it even for all the countries, mm. you have to ride different horses. But, you know, the horses all play at a high level of polo cross. It's a bit like if you had a jumping horse. I mean, if I had, if there was a really great jumping horse and I rode it, I'm not a great jumper, but I'm 
I'm pretty sure I could jump a decent fence. And it's a bit the same for these horses. They know their way around the polycross field. Oh, exciting. Well, congratulations. And um, do let us know how you get on when you're over there. Um, what else happened last year for you that was really good? Well, I've, um, I've just built a... Uh, I'm just building a new office slash function room complex on, on the yard. Nice. So we're turning more into a centre. I'm really excited about that. That's... Um, due to finish uh, middle of March. And then I'm going to start to hold uh, some, some functions, talks, and get, get some guest speakers in and, you know, make, make the yard a real hive of activity. Amazing. So like an education centre? Exactly. Mm. Matter of fact, that's what we call it, an education centre. <laughs> nice um, my kitchen is an education centre at the moment. I love it. Um, it's full of books, yeah, and I've become all geeky, trying to learn as much as I can. And I'm fascinated with your horsemanship, which is your online course that you do. So will this be like a hands-on version of your horsemanship so people can come and meet you, ask any questions, things like that? Exactly. I mean, your horsemanship is also... It's had a bit of makeover this year as well. We've sort of done a lot with the site, and we're we're actually just just starting to put in a lot more uh, remedial type um, videos into the into the program. And yeah, at the moment, sort of being two separate businesses, and I want to make the two more cohesive. So I do webinars and things as well each month, and um, I want to set it up all down on the yard and, and maybe get some guest speakers in or, or maybe one day, Amy, you can come over and, and, and run a little program for my yard. Oh, I don't know what I talk about. I talk to other people. You don't want to hear about me. I guarantee you must meet a lot of interesting people around. I do, I do. I find that maybe we could get, maybe we could have a little horse hour section then where we have some of our guests come and join us. And if they can't join us in person, maybe they could join us on a webinar as a webinar on the day. Because yeah, you're right, they have been. When I look back, we've done over 260 episodes now. And um, some incredible people. And, and some of the most fascinating ones are actually not necessarily at the top of their game. But it's, um, it's about the journey that they've been on and the experience that they've had, which I find fascinating. It's amazing the insight you get from just sitting down and having a bit of a conversation. And, and, you know, you're obviously pretty good at this. You make people pretty comfortable and you start to delve in and get a few little tips and, and hear great stories. I mean... Who doesn't like a good story? Mm, uh, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's about giving each other confidence. Um, it's very kind of you to say that you feel relaxed because that's ultimately what I'd like to achieve is that all our guests feel comfortable because in our world there's a lot of negativity and a lot of people who feel like they they can't ask the questions that they want to. I know that I felt like that, which is why I came up with the podcast. Because, um, you know, I got my first horse and I didn't have a clue what I was doing, Jason. <laughs> I, I really didn't. I, well, your, your horsemanship, Amy, it's I, there to help you. <laughs> it is, but at that time, I didn't know it existed. And there are so many, yeah. th this journey for me has been amazing because there is, there's so much out there of, of um, you know, amazing people and supportive people that can help. And it's great to have that you know from like your horsemanship you know a network of, of people to ask and to tap into so um no it's really it's really exciting so what else then what kind of guest speakers I I quite like the really eventful speakers that you could have you know one way they could put on a bit of a show so how fun would it be yeah. to have a little clinic where you could do a display as well 
Well, exactly. And this is what I'm hoping to do on the yard, do, do displays, talks and all that sort of thing. And you just jog my memories. Another great thing that happened last year is I imported a stock horse, Australian stock horse stallion. So he's, he's only three. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I, haven't, I, I had a, another Australian stock horse stallion called Diesel, who I do a lot of demos and some Liber- Liberty stuff with um, at Your Horse Live and things like that. Um, he's getting on a little bit now, so I've got I've got his replacement. And funny enough, I was just playing the other day. And we were we were I was just starting to work some Liberty while I was sitting because my other horse Diesel knows knows a little bit of Liberty. I got on um, Oracle, who's he's only three. But I was sitting on him, and I was just getting Diesel to go around and come come back into me, and you know, sort of stick by my side as I was going around the round pen. It was. It's quite, it was quite fun, actually. Oh, I so, bet it was amazing the moment that he got it. Yeah, it, it, it is. I mean, I'm working with a horse that already knows the job, so that's that's fine. But it is, it's going to be something that hopefully over the next next uh, year or so we develop and I can bring out and maybe show you one day. Oh, I'd love that. So how do you, when you when you first start working at Liberty, I remember Googling Liberty because I thought, well, there must be some amazing technique. Um, you know, what are they doing? <laughs> Why is it called Liberty? And actually, it's just a French term, isn't it, to mean to be free? So you're just working with your horse that, without anything on them. Um, but it's, it, it's, it's funny, there is a bit of a, a knack to it. But the, the principle behind it is it's really quite simple. It's just if you understand that horses are looking to follow, it's the trick is to catch their eye. So I get young horses. And, I mean, with a wild horse, it's a little trickier because they're obviously very suspicious of you. But horses that have got a little bit of handle and they, they're humanized to a certain extent, that those horses you can start moving them around you. And if you can step into the right position, and just catch their eye, get them to look at you, and then move away. It's like a magnet. You create this magnet, and you just draw them to you. And that's just the start of, of liberty. I mean, there's lots of clever things you can do, but being able to sort of draw them in and, and catch their eyes is great. I mean, it's I use it as a fundamental part of your horseman horsemanship program, and I just call it catching. Mm. So, And I use it out in a, in a paddock, and sort of you, you sort of – work your liberty type skills in the paddock to help catch your horse and it's uh, you know it's a really useful tool I find the whole thing fascinating and I took my horse who I've had for gosh when he was four and he's now 10 and we went running uh, just around the block the other day because it's really windy I have no I get nervous and I thought well why don't I just lead him out it'll probably make me feel a bit more comfortable and he's really confident having someone on the ground and so when we were trotting along when we were trotting because I was running that sounds like quite an effort you'd be fit (laughs) well I do need to get fit so part of it was to try and get fitter as well I mean literally it's just a 20 minute block but we were um, we were in unison together and I felt that we bonded more just from having you know all it was really windy the trees were going and I was super proud of myself for actually going out and doing something and I thought actually you don't have to be on my back all the time to still share those special moments yeah uh, and I think um one of the most important things when you're you know in and around your horse is that you work where you're confident and, um, you know, if, if you're on a windy day and there's a problem. So I have three priorities of training, which I tell everybody. 
It's always your safety, your horse's safety, and then you train your horse. And if you don't feel confident or you, you feel it could be a problem, then do something where you do feel confident and you'll find you will build that partnership. And then what you need to look at is, okay, I would like to be able to ride my horse, let's say, on a windy day. What are the tools I need to do or, or what sort of connection do I need to sort of improve on to get to that point? And you, it's like you were saying before, things are a journey. So you, you don't want to throw yourself into a situation where, you know, you're not quite not very confident and then that translates to your horse and then there's a big problem mm. and then where you know your, your relationship starts to break down with, if that's happening and you know I completely agree with you you're bang on because that's what happened so I haven't ridden out by myself for four years I had a bad accident and I didn't feel confident riding alone and for the first time following that experience I built up trust in my horse and he built some trust in me and we've been on two hacks around the block just by ourselves and and it was just from taking that step into that into that moment um but then equally I have so I've got a, a horse like that and then I'd love your advice on a on a youngster as well who's eight months old because this little monkey has so much trust that he's not afraid of anything and that's another whole kettle of fish (laughs) so trying to teach you know you were saying earlier about a horse naturally wanting to follow you um he he does he wants to follow me everywhere um but then he's really no good at boundaries so when it comes to trying to get to him to move out of your space he won't listen because he's he's not afraid of flapping plastic bags or or anything you know yeah those those sort of horses can sometimes be more difficult than than flighty horses who who are sort of they don't really trust you but you know given time and just you know moving around them carefully feeding them they they start to trust you you get these overconfident youngsters and yeah they they have an imbalance the other way so you know you you need a few techniques to to teach them that you know when you're in the human world there are boundaries that you must respect otherwise it becomes dangerous Mm. Um, I've got a great exercise that I do with just about everybody that comes on the groundwork um, clinics, and it's, it's I'll try and describe it, but it, it give them a jump pole or a, something like a jump pole, hopefully a little bit lighter, and I get them to put it in their in their in their elbows, so they're holding it onto their chest in front of them, and they've got the lead rope with their with their horse behind them, and that pole creates a boundary. And then I get them to walk and change direction by stopping and pivoting. And this is its such a great exercise because it teaches your horse as you pivot, the end of the pole comes towards your horse. Now, if your horse is a little bit flighty, they're going to move away from it without you getting anywhere near them. And that's fine because that's the balance. You might have to move the pole quite slowly. But with a horse that's overconfident, you'll move, move the pole towards them and they'll, they just won't care. Mm. So at that point, you need to give them a little bit of a bump. And then they'll move again. They'll move around you. And after having given them a bit of a bump a couple of times, they start to understand that as that pole comes to you, then you, you move around into a position behind you, and then you walk on again. And they start to realize that going past you is, uh, or that, that pole is a, is a boundary, and that they they're better off behind you than trying to go in front of you. A lot of people don't like horses behind them, but if that boundary is properly established, 
you won't get run over because for a horse to run over you, they've got to get in front of you. True. And what about the, the real babies that run over you anyway? How do you deal with that? Before you're even getting to the stage of doing a lot of handling. Okay, so once, once I've got a head collar on them, it's simply about being able to apply pressure to the head collar so as they move around you, being able to step away from them and turning their head towards you and getting the hind end to move. Mm. So it's really important, particularly with foals, that you can get from a pressure on, their, on a head collar, they move their back legs. A lot of foals, when you first pull on a head collar, they don't know how to move properly, and their instant reaction is to lift their head up and not move their feet, and they, they end up rearing. And a lot of them will even um, topple over and, and all that if, if you just pull with the, with the head collar. So it's really important to try and pull not in front of them, off to the side, and try to get that hind end to start to mobilize. So that's the first thing. And again, if they start running past you, then I simply hold my ground and they'll get to the end of the rope and they'll, that'll pull their head around, disengage the hind end, they end up looking at me again. So it's the same principle. The best thing for a horse to do is be looking at you. A horse can't uh, run over you if they're looking at you because they would have to go past you and therefore they wouldn't be looking at you. So I don't so, know if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. I'm, I'm picturing it now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And so um, so this particular horse, very, very sweet, absolutely adorable, very loving, but extremely bolshy because he's a big foal. So he's eight months old. Um, so, yeah, trust yeah. me, Jason, I wouldn't get an easy one, that's for sure. Um, and I'm thinking I'm going to send him off to you when he's ready to have his groundwork training done because <laughs> he's going to be about 17 hands. Um, he's super Ooh. brave, amazingly confident, um, but definitely feels like he's the boss. So, you know. I, I've managed to get them in a line when it comes to feeding time. I'm trying not to handle too much. But interestingly, okay, he'll he'll um, feet plant 
and he'll look me square in the face and he'll try and barge me with his shoulder which I see that he's learned that from the other horses when it comes to feeding time they'll try and barge him to to get you know the Mm. food um so how do you teach when you're looking at a horse and the reason I'm asking these questions isn't just because I've got a foal it's because I'm noticing more and more people are having young horses and I don't know if it's because there's more available or because they're cheaper or because they want that experience they think it'll be easier to have them from a baby um generally I I had him by accident (laughs) um but you know I I knew that I did a lot of planning and preparation I always knew that I wanted a foal but I think that actually most of us are probably quite inexperienced to be doing this yeah so the first thing that I would say or the first thing I would look at is is you so when you're in and around your horse your ability to project um to project yourself is or, or project energy is a real baseline sort of ability when it's particularly dealing with uh, pushier, more confident horses. You need to be able to project yourself. And, um, uh, you know, and that's how they, they gain hierarchy in, in the field as well with other horses. They'll, you know, if the boss mare comes in, she lays her ears back and she sort of, she has that sort of presence which moves uh, another horse away. And if they don't, they'll, probably get a kick or a bite or something to to say I mean it and with people it's it's teaching them to project themselves and, and be able to use energy to, to affect your horse's feet because movement is the basis of respect so if you can move your horse around you or, or away from you uh, your horse is going to learn to respect your space and therefore you and I have a great exercise that I call standing on the tie or, or tied up because some of these bolshie horses, when they're hanging on to them, uh, some people, you know, a little bit intimidated by their horse and they try to project themselves and the horse, you know, pays no attention and, and still runs into them. So I, I have a sort of a tying system, a safe tie system that's, um, you know, so horses, if they pull back, it, it slides through with resistance and um, so I get them tied up to this and I teach people to move their horse over. And it's amazing when I'm teaching this how people really find it quite difficult and they do lots of flapping, but the projection of the energy is going everywhere else but towards their horse and affecting their horse's feet. And it's learning to do that. That's really, really important in um, getting your horse to respect you and turning a a pushy horse into a, a nice, well-mannered horse. So do you believe, Jason, that horses that are a little bit older, maybe, I don't know, nine or ten, that have are pushy and bolshy, can you retrain them to be more relaxed and, and be more gentle? Yeah, you, you can, but it's the same as, the same as me or anyone that's got a little bit of age. You, you're a little bit more set in your ways. So to change... To change that behavior requires um, more consistent and much more repetition to be able to get a change that becomes uh, automated. So, yeah, the older they become and the more established they get doing certain things, the harder it is to change that. So it's why progressing your horse is always a good idea because they don't get stuck in a rut. 
but it's also why you have to realize in with foals that you are teaching them how to behave and if they get too set in that ways then you do have to go to a to a, an expert to sort of get them back on track but as i said it does come down to the handler understanding projecting themselves how they position themselves around the horse and just generally understands that if the horse is moving you then you know you're you're giving them respect which makes them overconfident and pushy mm. if you can move your horse when you asked um, then you're gaining respect and asking a horse for me is always done in a sequence and that is a cue which could be a voice command and then a gesture which is more you know could be pointing with a lead rope or just a a light um a light aid and then there's a tell and that's where that real projection needs to happen to to get your horse to to follow the ask or the cue because if they don't your horse be, is getting is is getting inconsistent messages and that affects a horse it, it, it makes them much more anxious yeah it can be, really be a negative thing if they sort of one one day they they have to move or they're made to move the next day they don't mm. too many options horses start to become anxious yeah um well <laughs> you would have laughed then because this is a horse that will lie down and i couldn't get to move to get up just to eat his dinner he just was <laughs> isn't bothered about anything um but we're get, we're getting there we've made a lot of progress i've had him four months now and um and I, i'm noticing even the smaller changes he's not kicking me now which is a bonus so uh we're definitely yeah. They're not kicking you. It's a good thing. Yeah, so we're getting some, some, a little bit of respect. Um, but it does make me wonder. I, it's really hard, really hard to not get frustrated in times, especially when you're doing it every day. You know, and to not get. Oh, I have. I've got to be honest, Jason. I've had days where I've thought, Oh my God, what am I doing? Like he's not listening, and he's really quite pushy, and it's really, really hard. And then you just kind of have to step back again and and not lose it and um, remain calm and and just kind of leave it and go back to it another day. Are, are there any times when you've thought, What am I doing? Like this is really going wrong, and I'm not sure how to fix it. Yeah, there there are times where I say, Right, this horse needs this process. In, in my opinion at this time and I'll start start working on whatever it may be and I'll get into it and, and then suddenly realise this is not working mm. and I might be just we're having a bit of a bit of a battle and a bit of a fight and then they're, they're, if I get into that situation a lot of times and I've got much better as I've got older when I was younger I was, I was a bit more determined and you know I've got to but now I understand the process is much better and it is always a good idea to stop. And I do. Now, if I get into a bit of a battle, I'll stop and go, hang on, this is not working. What am I missing? And then I just think about the processes that I, that I work through and I'll go back a step and I'll look, look at doing um, something that, that's going to help me to achieve what I wanted to achieve, but it's more broken down. So, but it, the, the important thing is that you're able to formulate a plan because if you're having a bad day with your horse and you go, right, I'm just going to stop and walk away. When you step back to your horse, there is, that bad day is still there mm. and it will, will spring up again at some point. 
So what you need to be able to do is when that bad day comes along is have a plan and say, right, last time I tried to do this when I was having a bad day, this time I was chatting to that guy, Jason Webb or <laughs> whoever it may be, and they said to try this and then you give that a go, you know, and you might say, ah, breakthrough. Mm. And, uh, you know, suddenly those bad days are not, um, or they become a thing of the past. Yeah. It's fascinating because I think also when we're having that bad day, um, I don't know about you, but I overcomplicate things and I overthink things. And I love that question, you know, where, where is it? What am I missing? What am I missing? Um, because I feel like that a lot, <laughs> as I'm sure lots of my friends feel the same. Um, and it is st- taking that step back. And actually, the issues that I was having with him were, were any little, you know, and it was because probably I was overhandling him. And I just had to literally spend a little less time with him, not rugging and unrugging so much because I was obsessed with rugging and making sure that they were used to rugs when they're younger. And actually, I was probably just pushing him a little bit too much for his brain and he just needed a bit of a break. And then, and then you do, even if it's small, small positives, you do get that moment. And it's, it's elating, isn't it? It's like, wow, OK, I am, I am not really, really not that bad. <laughs> no, you're just, just given what you said just right there, you're better than you think you are. Because, you know, your instinct was right, particularly with foals. I mean, horses under a year old, I try to do as little as possible with. I make sure that if I need to, if they need to lead to a vet or their, their feet need trimming, I'll do the basics. But above and beyond that, I leave them well alone because they have to learn to um, just be horses first. Um, well, Jason, what are your plans this year then? So we've had 2018. You've got all these exciting things. You've got Australia and then your new education centre. Um, what else is happening at your horsemanship? Oh, wow. What is happening? Well, I've got some, I've got a full book of events um, this year. I, I should be out and about. Um, where where so, can we see I mean, you? Are you at big events? Are you at local events? I've, I'm, I'll be travelling around a little bit. Um, I go to Essex. Um, I do some schools and things up there, and I've done a couple of demonstrations, which I want to do up there again. Been out to Hertfordshire and Surrey. So I've got mostly around the south. I don't like to leave travel too far away from the village. But, um, yeah, no, I've, I've just around the southeast, I'll be, I'll be out and about a little bit this year. That's one of my aims. So keep an eye out on the website. If, um, if anyone's interested and wants to know more, I'll be, um, there should be some exciting things happening i've got some uh gray horses coming through i've had a few olympic or potential olympic horses coming through with riders that have ridden at the olympics so i always always get a bit of a buzz because it's it's quite exciting if you see one of these horses i'm hoping to one day that i've done my little bit for and they're now competing on a world stage it's you know it's what you do things for sometimes it's so that that'll be quite exciting. So is Obviously that the is World that the bit that you enjoy enjoy now, or is it that you are do you do you want to aim for Tokyo? Do you want to aim for the Olympics, or do you like the production, the producing the horses ready for that level? No, well, <laughs> uh, I'm, my polo cross is my sport, and I I think if you're going to get to the Olympics in any sport, you're going to start pretty young and and be very dedicated to that sport to get to that that level. So. I think for the uh, for the Olympic sports, I don't, I'm not sure I'll get there 
with dressage. Although I have started riding dressage, I've I've taken a real keen interest in that over the last few months because I have a dressage horse that's and been sitting in the field for quite some time. And I thought, right, I'm going to crack on. So again, I'll be out and about doing some dressage. Hmm. And uh, my my dad said, um, or I said to my dad, I'm going to England. I'm moving over there and many years ago. And I said, but I'll never get me in jodies. But you have. I'm going to be donning the jodpers as well. Do you know what? What we're going to have to do is we're going to have to create some jodpers just for you that are, um, you know, maybe not so bling and diamante, maybe a little bit more, you know, (laughs) cowboy-like. Yeah, maybe some tassels down the side or something like that. That would be amazing. We should do it, definitely. (laughs) Amazing for everybody else. (laughs) Are you going to do the dressage to music? Because that's my favourite part of dressage is is the freedom of being able to listen to music, um, especially a big bass, and actually get a horse to dance with you. Yeah, for me, I'm I'm very much a teacher, I suppose. I'm not so much a showman. Although I, I have done a few shows, my, just about all the shows I do are educational. So I think, yeah, doing dancing with horses to music is probably a little bit further than, than I'm looking to go. But it's the, it's the nuts and bolts of getting there that I really enjoy. It's that sort of establishing that connection and, and being able to shape your horse and, and create these movements and and the training that, and the, the the psychology behind getting them there is what really fascinates me. Mm. So that's that's what I'm looking at, and that's why I'm doing dressage. And I get a lot of dressage horses these days. So for me to do a complete job on the horses that I'm starting, I want to understand the discipline that they're going into. So whether they're event horses, dressage horses, show jumping, which are the three big disciplines in this country, they all have to have a good foundation in. Uh, dressage so I'm just tuning myself to 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 what people want and and bettering myself which is what we're all trying to do oh I love it I'm going to send my husband up to you he'll go and have lessons with you because you're a man's man (laughs) (laughs) I've, I've done something really some of some of the dads at my school have all wanted to learn to ride Mm-hmm. And uh, so I said, don't teach riding per se, but you know the sport plays across. So you know, come along and have a go. And so I've got some people that have never ridden before. Some dads never ridden. They come in and they're they're now learning to ride. So it's it's great fun. Amazing. Ah, oh, and do you do camps as well? Have you got any? Have you got any beds? Can you lay out some beds for us if we come and stay and visit to your clinics, or um, do we have to bring a tent? We do. Your horsemanship does. I think it's, we're doing nine camps this year, every, from from hacking camps um, to you know your general sort of confidence camps, and then we've got a, a level two camp this year. So I've got you know enough enough members of your horsemanship that've been going long enough, and their horses are going well enough that we're going to sort of do some more advanced type work. So it's you know, it's quite an exciting year, and we've got levels now. So yeah, lots of camps. If anyone wants to come along, yeah. Sounds amazing. And is that all up at your yard or do you go on, on visits together? Do you all go like on a little holiday together, really? Well, yeah, it's all, it's all, all, the, all these camps are done on my yard. And yeah, I get, I've had people from Yorkshire all over the place, um, France, you know, from everywhere. And they're all wow. sort of quite like-minded people. They all descend on, on Risebridge here where, 
your horsemanship is based. And, and you know, we have a great either two or three days. So I do two-day camps or three-day camps. We do a really, it's, it's become really popular, this hacking camp where we work through some exercises about dealing with horses that get anxious in groups or how to control a horse where there's a, there's a, there's a suddenly a lot of excitement and, and horses moving away and how do you control your horse long enough to just let the situation settle down and, and you can carry on your way. So there's lots of little great tips to, to sort of keep you safe when you're, when you're in those sort of hacking environments. Because you never know what's going to happen. No, absolutely. And it's important as well to be able to control and to know what to do. I think we think about the what-ifs a lot. So it's good to have a little, t- a few tools in our toolbox of what to do in those situations. So if you want to find out more information, Jason, what's, the, what's your website? www.yourhorsemanship.com Brilliant. And do you have a Facebook and a Twitter? Yeah, all that. It's all if you type in your horsemanship wherever you go on social media, you'll find, you'll find me there. Great. And it's, it's a subscription, isn't it? So we pay each month um, and we can be educated by your courses. You do loads of videos. You do videos all the time. They're all available to watch on your website. Um, I think it's great. Yeah. I think it's brilliant what you do. So thank you for taking the time to teach us, you know, mere mortals. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny when you're doing it for as long as I have, you, you, you do pick up a few things. But, you know, I know what it's like to start out. And that's what I, I never forget that, you know. So I've got empathy, you know, if you're having trouble and that's, you know, I understand and and I can help. And I think that's, you know, that's one of the things that I, you know, I can give give people. Well, thank you very much. I'm going to let you get back to your family for Valentine's Day now. And I feel awful that I've taken you away from your wife. But um, selfishly, we're really grateful. <laughs> no problems, Amy. It's always a pleasure. Thank you. Well, best of luck in April and um, stay in touch and we will catch up with you again soon. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. You can catch up with all previous episodes of the Horse Hour podcast on our website. Just head to horsehour.co.uk or, of course, just hit subscribe on iTunes and Acast. It's super easy. Every episode downloads directly through to your mobile phone so you never have to miss an episode again. There's loads of old previous episodes which you might enjoy, like our very first episode with Matt, who's the bit expert. Um, He talks through different various bits and what you should use what you shouldn't use and uh, different types of horses and how they have how the bit and the size of their mouths can affect um, their performance so really interesting go and have a scroll through i love seeing what you're up to with your horses so as always tag us at horse hour i'm at amy stevenson one yes i know my surname is now amy frost and it has been for gosh about 18 months um but my handles are still amy stevenson because you know we don't want to lose that so amy stevenson one on twitter Uh, you can catch us on instagram and facebook and it's great on facebook at the moment you're doing a wonderful job of commenting and sharing and liking posts but more importantly i really really love seeing what you think um, your thoughts on different subjects so head over to our facebook page if you get a chance or get a moment click like and uh, there's lots of competitions coming up this year as well which i can't wait to share with you so enjoy the rest of your week enjoy horse hour on twitter tonight don't forget to include hashtag horse hour on everything and i hope you have a good week with your horse and i'll speak to you soon planning for your next trip 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.